Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. From KQED. Good morning. This is the California Report. I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. Another step forward as we emerge from the COVID-19 pandemic. Starting today, California public health officials will no longer require masking in healthcare and correctional facilities. Also, COVID-19 vaccinations won't be required for healthcare workers. But officials still recommend people wear masks if they're at high risk for serious cases of COVID or if there's a high rate of COVID hospitalizations in their area. Peter Chin Hong is an infectious disease specialist at UC San Francisco. Me, for example, I always walk around with a mask. Um, I never know when I might need it, uh, when I'm in public transit. Um, you know, sometimes it's for your own individual risk, but sometimes it's the courtesy and, you know, demonstrate some thoughtfulness to the people around you. The public health departments in San Francisco and Los Angeles counties continue to have rules in place requiring masking in healthcare settings. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio, it was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. When the food scraps we throw out from our kitchens get hauled to dumps, they release methane, which is a super accelerant of climate change. So last year, a state law went into effect requiring California cities to slash the amount of food waste they dump in landfills. How's implementation of that law going? I went to Santa Cruz to see how one city is trying to throw a lot less food into the garbage. 
In a corner of the Santa Cruz Municipal Dump, I'm watching as thousands of pounds of the city's food waste, waste that not so long ago would have been trucked to the adjacent landfill, instead get pulverized by two enormous corkscrew-shaped shredders. It's the first step in Santa Cruz's new food scraps recycling system, explains Guadalupe Sanchez, the facility's manager. And so we pretty much just offload everything into the shredder pod. And at the end of the day, what kind of material do you get? Well, what comes out? Kind of like oatmeal. Kind of a slurry. A slurry, a like mash. It does not look like food. All that waste then gets trucked to a facility 30 miles away where it's turned into animal feed. But looking ahead, Bob Nelson, Santa Cruz's Director of Resource Recovery, says the city has bigger, closer to home plans for its food scraps. The future goal is actually to bring it to our wastewater treatment plant and create energy out of it. Oh, so, so trash to power. Yes. Welcome to the new frontier of California recycling, where a state law enacted last year requires cities to slash the amount of food waste heading to landfills by 75% by the year 2025. To do that, Californians are being asked to separate their food scraps from the rest of their trash so it can be recycled. And that's what's brought me to the home of Santa Cruz resident Vivian Vargas. Could you show me your, your organic waste? Not to pry, but... It's a, it's a personal question, I realize. Just outside her kitchen, Varka shows me her nearly full six-gallon food scrap waste bin that's been distributed to thousands of Santa Cruz residents by the city. Right now I see eggplant, onions, tomato, cucumber, kind of all the standard stuff from a, from a kitchen, right? Yeah, and green tea. Lots of green tea goes in there. A self-described old hippie, Vargas is an enthusiastic food recycler, seeing it as one way to live out her environmental ideals. This is just the right thing to do. We can see already the effects that we're having with climate changes. And while we can't be the next Greta Thunberg, we can take those scraps and then just put them into the bin. But Santa Cruz officials acknowledge that even in an eco-conscious city like theirs, so far, it's been difficult to get most residents to participate in the food waste recycling program. Again, Bob Nelson. We have lots of people that are really interested in it, but then we have a lot of people that are just, they don't care about it. They think it's too hard, difficult, it stinks, it, you know. People who think, I don't want to mess with my food garbage. Is that basically what you're talking about? Right. I'm just going to throw it in the garbage and it'll be gone. Another big challenge has been convincing Santa Cruz's businesses to participate in the food recycling program. The way that it was before was throw things in a bucket and it got hauled off in the trash can. That's Ryan Stack, a supermarket manager in Santa Cruz. He accepts California's food recycling law, but complains it's created new garbage sorting headaches at his store, especially when it comes to packaged foods. And so what we're dealing with now is separating the whole foods from the plastic containers that they come in or the mesh netting. And uh, we're looking at about 150% increase in the time spent processing food scraps. Oh, really? Yeah. Stack thinks a more important way to reduce food waste might be cultural, getting consumers to accept slightly imperfect food that stores throw away by the ton because people won't buy it. We talk about that as Stack shows me his store's recycling dumpster, where he and his staff toss out perfectly edible but not sellable food. I mean, these are too green for market is what that one comes down to. These Roma tomatoes, they're just too green to, to really make it, so... So it's a matter of kind of consumer acceptance, right? Absolutely. The grocery industry it does have a lot of food waste. 
Right now, cities like Santa Cruz are using the carrot approach to food waste recycling, launching public education campaigns to coax residents and businesses to participate. But starting next year, the stick comes out. Cities can start issuing fines of up to $500 for those who don't recycle their food scraps. And finally, the San Diego State men's basketball team is looking to complete a dream season tonight, squaring off against the Yukon Huskies in the national championship game. The Aztecs were locked in a tough battle with Florida Atlantic University Saturday night. It all came down to the final shot. Here's the call on CBS Sports. It's Butler with two seconds. He's got to put it up. Junior Lamont Butler nailed the game winner. This will be the first championship game in school history for the Aztecs men's basketball team. And that's this edition of the California Report for Monday, April 3rd. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm your host, Saul Gonzalez. Thanks so much for listening and have a great day. Support for the California Report comes from Stanford Medicine, comprising its School of Medicine and Adult and Children's Health Systems, working together to advance knowledge and improve lives. StanfordMedicine.org. Guideline. Their automated 401k plans can be set up in 20 minutes. More at guideline.com CA. Guideline, the California way to 401k. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt whose philanthropy includes 11th-hour racing, working to connect sustainability with sport to help restore ocean health. On the web at 11thHourRacing.org. Hi, I'm Sasha Koka, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse, golden state. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Randa Fettah from Throughline. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org podcast. 